it's Sean. You're listening to Fun Kids Meets. This is the podcast where we meet excellent and interesting people. And the interesting person that we've got on today, it's probably, you know, it's, it's not going to get more interested in this. Can we please welcome Dan to give us the behind the scenes of when he went to number 10 Downing Street? Hello, Dan. Uh, hello, I think now I've, I've been to number 10 Downing Street, I need a more official name and like a proper title, but you know, that's a, something for a later day, I reckon. Uh, it was incredible. So the other day, I got a call from a fun kid's boss uh, who said, what are you doing this afternoon? Now, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump because we're, we're going to give people the official story. So this is how um, our chat with Boris Johnson on Fun Kids all came down. Now, I was having a Sunday roast when this call came in, so I missed it. And the, the, the message was like, are you available to interview a high-profile guest? So I was just naturally like, who is it? <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of that with me. I, I think the boss was was desperately doing the rounds. Who is around? Who's here on a Sunday afternoon that can do a high-profile guest? So that's how it was pitched to me. Are you free to interview a high-profile guest? And I, um, hmm, I raised an eyebrow. I said, yeah. Uh, he went, you'd be going to 10 Downing Street. Suddenly, my diary became very, very free. And yeah. he said... Um, the Prime Minister Boris Johnson, he's just come back from uh, COP26 up in Glasgow, uh, where they had struck, he was saying, uh, a big climate deal that was going to help the world. And he wanted to, you know, tell everyone around it. And he thought, uh, well, fun kids, obviously, but it turned out to be me. that I would be the best person to make that happen. The first name on his list was Dan from Fun Kids. That well, so quite often when we chat to famous people, uh, we might be in a line with a few other people, uh, other TV shows and maybe a few other radio-y things. This was, that's what I thought would happen. This was just me. So Boris, just Boris, he did his usual um, uh, press conference, kind of announcing it to everyone. And then, then in I roll and I stroll in front of all of these people, you know, like old journalists who have been big around name for ages. Journos. Big no, big names in swanky suits with their little clipboards, writing in that kind of lines that no one can understand, tapping away in their laptops. And I saunter past them and they give me absolute evil daggers when I get uh, taken into a back room to chat <laughs> to the prime minister, just me and him. I need to tell you, I, I was told uh, by my boss, you know, do you want to go to 10 Downing Street? So I assume that's where I was going. So when you go into Downing Street, you can't just walk in. You have to go through one of those big airport security style scanners to make sure you're not trying to sneak in anything that you shouldn't be in. Yeah. I was asked, oh, wh- where are you going? Uh, and I went, oh, number 10. Hmm, mm-hmm. number 10, really? He's just looking me up and down at my scraggly jeans and <laughs> muddy trainers. Uh, oh, and yeah, no, 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 number 10. Okay. So I walk off and then I walk to number 10 and, and you've, you know, everyone's seen it on the news and there it is in, in front of you. It's got a, a, a looped lantern outside, like something from Harry Potter and you walk up the steps and I was expecting the, um, the door to open for me because I, you, you know, when you see that on the news, the prime minister walks in and the door always opens because <laughs> they're looking for it. That didn't happen to me. I had to push the, the buzzer. A doorbell, which said push on it. How preposterous is it? that that's You rang the Downing, Downing Street doorbell. I, yeah, I rang the 10 Downing Street doorbell. The door opened up. 
and I walked in and in front of me you've got this huge staircase that kind of spans all around some gigantic portraits uh, are in front of me on the walls and I look just to my side as a very smart security guard is not looking happy what are you doing here Oh, I've just come to uh, to chat to the PM. My name's Dan. I'm, I should be on the list. This is absurd. Right. This is absolutely absurd. He goes, all right, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, it was a she. Well, all right, all right. Uh, and I went, yeah, I'm from a, I'm a <laughs> you know, maybe they've got some kids. Uh, I'm from Fun Kids. <laughs> oh, okay. Looks down. Your name's not on the list. Oh, this isn't some big ruse, is it? No. This isn't some big prank from the Fun Kids bosses. I was, you know, sweating because in the the hour or so warning that I had between being told this is happening to me being there, I had texted everyone I know. You know, my gran, I'm not sure if she has a phone, but I let her know. And I was, I'm going to chat to the prime minister. And I was sweating that maybe this wasn't happening and I was going to look like an absolute fool. But then just at that moment, someone else swooped down the stairs and went, Dan, 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 you're not meant to be here. You're not meant to be here. Come with me. And then they pretty much dragged me by my ear to number nine Downing Street, which is where another politician lives. And that is where he does all his, um, you know, his big media duties, talking to radio people (laughs) and that. You went in the wrong place. Yeah. But if you're going to go in any wrong place, if you're going to go in any wrong house, uh, 10 Downing Street is not not a bad place for it to be. That is absolutely lunacy. I'm surprised you're not in jail. <laughs> I know. And then I got the chance to um, I got the chance to chat to Boris Johnson. That is absolutely incredible. Right. Well, I think it's probably best some fun kids meet that we just get straight into hearing from the PM now. All for the last couple of weeks on Fun Kids, what we were doing while the COP26 was happening, we were getting you to send us your climate questions and we were we were going to aim to take those to the top for you and get those questions asked to world leaders. And Dan, that's precisely what you did, wasn't it? Yeah, had all the questions. And if, if you if you ever listen to Fun Kids, uh, you'll know that on my show every afternoon at 3.30, I play the yes, no game. It's as easy as it sounds. I ask questions, you can't say yes, you can't say no, you can't repeat yourself. I thought, I don't want to push it with the with the PM. And when I was in the room chatting to him, by the way, Sean, there were, you can count these on your fingers, three other press people there, uh, as in his press assistants. There was another of his general assistants, two security people and two camera people, all there in the room watching me and the Prime Minister have a conversation. So I didn't, want, I didn't want to push my luck massively, but I thought, I'm only here once. I've not got a long time with him. Let's ask Boris if he wants to play the yes-no game and not really ask him, insist that we do play. So that's happening as well. It's bold. Yeah, it's, it's bold, but you've got to do it sometimes. I'd also say that Boris Johnson is the final boss of the yes-no game <laughs> as someone who has never answered yes or no to a question ever. So it's, it's, if, if, if you manage to beat Boris at the yes-no game, I think that's the real headline news right there. It's, it's all politicians, really. Loads of people <clears throat> say a lot about politicians. Uh, one of the things that you might have heard is they're very good at not answering the question. And in a game specifically designed (laughs) where you don't answer the question if you want to win, uh, yes, Boris Johnson was the Bowser of the Yes No game, I think. Yeah, that's right. Let's hear Dan's chat with the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. Prime Minister, thank you so much for for coming on Fun Kids. I hear you're quite a busy man. Yeah, well, yes, I am these days, yes. Uh, So... 
it's our listeners who are going to live with the decisions that you've made yes. over the last week or so. Uh, how, how, how good is the deal that you've made? How well, happy can we Dan, be? Well, that's the question. It, all, the, the answer is, it's potentially very good. Uh, it, it might be quite good, but it could be pretty hopeless. And it depends. It depends on how the countries that signed up to it actually deliver. And they've got to make good their promises. They've got to, they've got to, they've got to stop using cars with petrol or diesel. They've got to stop digging and uh, burning coal. And they've got to start using alternative, cleaner forms of energy and planting zillions more trees. So that's what's got to happen. They've all made some promises. But the UK, us, we're going to hold them to those promises. We're going to keep, keep uh, chivying away. Uh, what changes have you made at home uh, in, in your daily life to be more green like so many of our listeners? Well, I, <clears throat> before I became prime minister, I used to cycle everywhere. That was my, that was my big contribution. I, I literally, I, when I was, I was mayor of London for about eight years, and I, I never, it was wonderful. I never had any kind of... Um, police car that took me around or any of the stuff I have to have nowadays and nobody ever shouted at me it was wonderful <laughs> I cycled everywhere uh, just some quick questions from our listeners uh, this is from Imogen well done the use of car instead you can use solar panels in everyone's house to make renewable heating systems well do you know what Imogen that is almost what we did I mean we didn't get there in the end but what we said was that um, for the first time, 190 countries said they were going to phase it down. Now, what on earth phase down means, uh, you may ask, Imogen, but it, I think what it basically means is they're going to start to get rid of it. And that's a massive thing for the world to commit to. We've depended, the world's depended on coal for hundreds of years. And there are countries that absolutely need coal to, to power their electricity stations to keep warm uh, for all sorts of things. And so for them to say this is a big, big step and it's very encouraging. You, you can't tell countries that are, that are very poor, uh, where the standard of living is very low, uh, sorry, folks, you can't use coal anymore, uh, and they've just got to shiver and, and starve. Uh, you've, got to do it, you've got to do it in a sensible way. And what the UK wants to do is help them to adopt cleaner technology, like wind or solar or hydrogen or... Uh, maybe even nuclear power if, if, they, if they want to do that. Uh, th that's pretty controversial. Uh, there, are, there are ways of, of producing energy that are very clean. Uh, this one is from Zika, fantastically named Zika. If technology is making climate change worse, how can it make it better? Brilliant question, Zika. You're going to the heart of the, of the debate because, you see, there are lots of people who, who basically think the problem is, is humanity and that um, we've, we've become far too uh, industrialized and, and that we have all these machines and that technology is, is in itself wrong, and evil and destructive. This is a very ancient belief that, pro that progress is, is, is a disaster and that we should somehow revert to a Lots of green people, lots of uh, environmentalists are secretly hoping to return to a kind of pastoral idyll 
where we all run around, you know, uh, wearing, um, you know, hand-knitted clothes and that sort of thing. And I'm not against that. That's fantastic. They could, that could, but, but uh, you know, smelling faintly of wood smoke. Uh, I'm all in favor of, of that kind of thing. But uh, in the end, it's not what people want. So what you have to do is use technology. You have to use uh, inventions to fix it. And we can. And we have the technology, as they used to say in the, uh, on the TV when I was a kid. Uh, we, can, we can fix this thing. But some of this technology is very expensive, and you have to help people to do it. Uh, I know you're a, you're a busy man, but it's a kids' radio station, so we're all about games. Have you got 30 seconds for the yes-no oh, game? God. Okay, right. Okay, this is it's easy. We play it every right. day on the show. All it's right. very easy questions. I'm not going to try and catch you out. Okay. You can't say yes, you can't say no, you can't repeat yourself, all right? You can say yes. Or you, you, you can't, can't say yes and you can't say no. Uh, what can you say then? Any other words. Oh, you can't say yes and you can't say no. That's okay. right. It's the yes-no game. So can you say you maybe? You can say whatever you like. You just can't repeat yourself. Let's play. Three, two, one. Uh, Prime Minister, what's your favourite food? Uh, sausage and mash. Uh, a bottle of red wine. Do, do you like gravy on your sausage and mash? I like gravy. Uh, you do enjoy gravy, do you? I like gravy very much. Do you like gra gravy with a Sunday lunch, maybe? I like gravy with a Sunday lunch. I like gravy with chicken and chips. Uh, I've gra Gravy in all, under almost any circumstances is, as far as I'm concerned, absolutely fine. You must be enjoying being the Prime Minister, right? job of being Prime Minister has many consolations, many privileges. Uh, uh, and uh, a great, a great many, uh, a great many wonderful distractions, such as appearing on kids' radio. Uh, are, you, are you are you just filling time here so you don't have to say yes or no, Prime Minister? On the contrary, I'm I'm enjoying myself very much. Awesome! I think you've managed to win, which means you get to say hello to whoever you want. You can give a shout out to anyone you want in the world. That's the rules. Uh, who do you want to say hello to? Uh, I want to say a big hello to Wilfred, who's actually a poor guy. He's got tonsillitis and. Um, uh, blooming conjunctivitis and God knows what. Anyway, so I hope he perks up. Okay, well, we'll say a huge hello to him and I hope he perked up. Uh, Prime Minister, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, thank you. I've got to say, Dan, what a tremendous job you did under insane pressure, zero notice, <laughs> being rushed, to, ending up in the wrong building to start with. I forgot a sec. Oh, give a round of applause for Dan. That's a that's a high pressure scenario. Well, well done. Well, th well, thank you very much. I, I I really enjoyed it. I do. You know, we do interview and chat to quite a few people. So it's not like I was being asked to go and take a penalty in the World Cup final. It's not like I was asked to land a jumbo jet. I was asked to do something that hopefully I know how to do. But as I said, doing it in a room with about ten other people watching me. You, this is the most important man in the country. You know, don't don't take this too far. You need to make this right. Make this count. <laughs> you know, knowing that I'd got the message from the fun kids boss, it was going to be a huge thing. So that's where the pressure came. And I'm, you know, I've just, uh, I slept lightly knowing that that had happened, really. Craziness. Absolute craziness. All right. Thank you very much for that, Dan. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for giving us the behind the scenes to <laughs> Dan's trip to go and see the Prime Minister. <laughs> 